is Wednesday night. It is the last Wednesday of the month of April here in 2020. And I am here with you. My name is Pat. I'm one of the senior pastors here at the Movement Church. But more importantly, I'm going to be your MC for the night. <laughs> so do me a favor, as always, all of our family on Instagram Live watching right now, uh, they're already ahead of the curve, dropping their names and where they're joining us from. If you could right now, no matter what platform you're on, Facebook, our website, uh, or YouTube, could you just do us a favor? Could you just drop your name and where you're joining us from? If you guys are ready to turn up the heat a little bit, talking about our emotions. Uh, last week, we talked about grief. This week, we're going to talk about emotions. If you're ready to turn up the heat a little bit, I want you to throw me a thumbs up in the comments. Give me a thumbs up. A couple things that I want to talk about really quickly that we need to go over. Some just quick uh, reminders, kind of like house business, you know. Uh, we have a new life class. Hey, if you are brand new to your faith or brand new to faith in relationship with the Movement Church, uh, we have a class called New Life. We're going to be doing that via Zoom. You're going to want to be on that. Uh, it's going to talk about the basics of salvation and sharing the gospel. This is not just for uh, an individual or, or a couple that just met Jesus. This is for anybody and everybody. It really is going to give you the heart and the soul behind why we do what we do and, and the way we go about uh, living and walking in our salvation and, and what it looks like externally in meeting people. So you're going to want to sign up for that. Uh, Lindsay is going to be teaching that class. Everybody loves Lindsay, so you're going to want to do that. Hey, if you have kids, if you have kids, I'm speaking right to you right now. For all of you families that have kids, I know that my wife and I, we have some kids. Can I get, can I get an amen? Can somebody give a brother and can I get an amen in the house? There's three of us in the room right now. Can I get an amen? Amen. Cool. I got... I got the whole house is, is screaming amen for me right now, all two of them. So uh, I got an amen. We have a full house of kids. It is such an awesome thing to have our kids ministry that uh, they broadcast. They put stuff online for our kids. Uh, so th this to make it really simple, go to our website, themovement.org. And just scroll down and you're going to see kids ministry. You click that button. It's a box. You click it. It's going to take you to our resource on YouTube. You're going to want to check that out. Um, I just want to say thank you to all you guys for, for joining us and just uh, all the encouragement and, and jumping on board with us as we do these Wednesday nights and everything that, you know, we're trying to do for all of you guys, uh, really just to keep you connected. But more importantly, I can't lie, it keeps us connected. So I appreciate it a ton. Hey, we're going we're gonna to jump in. Here, here's the rules. The rules are, as I'm, as I'm walking through some, some quick things tonight, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give a recap, very, very, very quick recap of the five steps of grief that I talked about last week. If you missed this from last week, uh, you're going to want to go back, go to our YouTube channel, go back and watch Wednesday Night Live from last Wednesday. I talk about the five steps of grief and how every single one of us are probably walking through these five steps of grief and, and, and how we're getting bounced around in it. it it's a must watch. Tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to recap that very quickly, and then I'm going to talk about some key things that I know that uh, Shandra and I, my wife, uh, have been talking about. A lot of what you hear me speak on comes out of our discussions, and the way, truthfully, the way that we're walking through uh, all the circumstances that are surrounding us, whether it be parenting children that are at home, uh, pent up in a house with their parents who are at home, pent up in a house, and with 
you know, all of us in the home, what does that look like? Some of you parents might be asking, gosh, how do I homeschool my child, but tell a work commute and I'm trying to deal with all these other things. And so there's a lot of discussions that Shandra and I have during the week and daily. And so a lot of what you hear come uh, from me is, is really born out of our life personally. And I just want you to know if I'm speaking on it, it's because I'm probably walking through it. So I'm going to walk through it with you. I'm going to walk you through it. And I feel like as God walks me through it. And so tonight, real quickly, uh, last week we talked about grief. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about grieving a loss without losing yourself. Grieving a loss without losing yourself. Um, and, and so let's, let's focus really quickly the five steps of grief. Here are the rules for the night. I, I almost forgot. I started to tell them the rules and then I didn't tell you the rules. Here are the rules. There's really no rules. At any moment, you can jump in and you can say, hey, I got a question. I want to ask something. I've been wondering this. Uh, as if it pertains to the topic that I'm talking about tonight, awesome. Uh, sometimes your questions may not pertain to the exact topic that we're talking about tonight. We love those questions. Um, sometimes I can get to those at the end, uh, kind of Q&A time, uh, and I love doing that. If not, your questions are really, really valuable, even if we don't get to them tonight live because it gives me good insight, it gives our team good insight as to where we want to move. Some, if we see the same kind of questions coming through, it's really helpful to know like, hey, this is where people are at. And it helps, it helps me as I walk into the night. So uh, do me a favor, just you, you can fire away. Um, and here's the other thing. Uh, we love connecting with you guys. We love connecting uh, on every level. And so uh, if you're new, if you've never joined us, ever, 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 ever joined us, you can always text the word NEW111 to the number 94090. You can text the word NEW with the numbers 111, NEW111 to 94090. We have a team that's ready, and they're going to reach out to you. We also have uh, a team uh, uh, that are moderating every single platform that we're live on right now. So they're there to comment, they're there to take your questions there if you need prayer. So we, I feel like we're locked and loaded. Are we locked and loaded? Are we locked and loaded, guys? Team? We are, we are a team of three not to be broken. We are, we are small, but we are mighty. Right, guys? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so... Here's the deal. Let's jump in. Last week, you're going to see these potentially in your comments on your platform. Um, I can see our team is already ahead of me doing this. This is, this is awesome. I love how, how proactive they are. Five steps of grief. Last week, we talked about number one, denial. That's the belief that this really isn't happening. It can't be true. Number two, anger. Why is this happening to me? Why is this being done? Or why is this being done this way? Number three, bargaining. This is when you're going through grief, a person attempts to avoid the feelings of grief by attempting to negotiate or compromise. So it, it says things like this. If I can just do fill in the blank, then I would be okay. If I could just go surfing, I would be okay. There's a lot of really happy surfers out there right now, and God bless them. I'm happy they opened the ocean back up. Um, number four, depression. This is when sadness over the loss or change hits you. Number five is acceptance. This is peace is made with the change or loss and or with what it is coming, okay, or what is to come. I talked about a now normal. 
that that acceptance is this is my now normal that we're not going to go back to the way it was but we also don't know what the new normal looks like and while we're grieving and we hit this acceptance part of grief it's kind of going this is my now normal and i'm okay with it it, it, it may mean that you're not okay with what you've lost yet, but you're okay with where you're at now. That's important. You may not be okay with what you've lost or what's changed yet, but you're okay with where you're at now. Now, here's what I said about these five. They're not linear, which means you don't go one through five as a step. In fact, what I said was that each stage is a response to feelings that can last for minutes, hours, or days, and you're going to bounce all over the place. So that means you can be at one, and 10 minutes later, you can be at four, which is depression. And then two minutes later, you could be bargaining, number three. And then at, by the end of the day, you could be at acceptance, you lay your head down, and you're super depressed. And then before you actually fall asleep, you're in denial again. You wake up the next day, repeat. Those are the five steps. They're not linear. You're going to be tossed around to and fro between all those steps. We talked about those last week. Go back, watch that. You're going to want to get a hold of it if you want more context for that, okay? But here's the key for tonight. This is the launch pad for tonight. Each stage is a response to feelings that last, that can last minutes, hours, or days. What that tells me is, is that my feelings and my emotions in the midst of grief, and I, I also want to say this, Outside of the process of grief, God designed us to grieve. He designed us to, he designed us with emotion and he designed us to grieve so that we can walk through something into what, what is in front of us. Okay. So this is, this is, this is wired into us by our creator. Okay. And, and we're being tossed around. And so in grief, it's important for us to know that that's constantly changing. But the truth is, is that outside of grief, my emotions and feelings, guess what? They're always changing. We cannot rely on our emotions or our feelings as anchor points, okay? So the question is, grieving a loss without losing yourself, how are you gonna do that tonight? By not being led by your feelings. Let's read, I'm going to read Ephesians 4, 14 real quickly through verse 16. You don't have to turn there. Uh, I'm just going to use this as a backdrop. Uh, this is a great, great passage in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians. It says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Number one, this is what I want to tell you. I'm going to talk about three really quick things and then I'm going to have a conclusion. And then if you guys have questions, we're going to jump into those questions. You can fire those questions right now. Um, and they're going to start getting me some questions, getting some stuff going. If not, we'll wrap up and we'll be good to go. Number one, though, here's your number one note. If you're a note taker, you're going to want to get your, your pad and pen out. Or if you are typing on a device or whatever. But number one, emotions and feelings can change 
quickly. Emotions and feelings can change quickly. So in the grieving process, how do we deal with the fact that we're dealing with all these emotions and they're constantly changing? This is what we have to come to realize, that emotions are great indicators, but they're terrible dictators. Emotions are great indicators, but terrible dictators. Here's what I mean. Our emotions were given to us. God created us with emotion to, to inform us about things. But they're terrible. So they're great indicators. If I, if I feel angry, if I feel sad, that's an indicator that something's off. Okay? How many of you right now, raise your virtual hand for me. Throw your hands up in the comments. How many of you right now are able, are able to pinpoint an emotion and have it indicate for you what it is that you're dealing with, okay? Emotions, that's what they're there for. They're great indicators. If I feel pain in my foot, it's an indicator that something's wrong with my foot. I look down, and what do I see? I see a pile of Legos that my nine-year-old has left in her tall, shaggy carpet, and I've walked through a landmine of Legos, that pain that I feel in the middle of the night when I'm going to check on my child and I step on the Lego mind, the pain is an indicator. The pain that shoots up, the nerve endings that tell my brain, ah, and I might get angry or I might get sad. Okay, those, that's an emotion. It's an indicator, though, of something else. Something's awry. And then it tells, oh, I'm standing on some, I should move off of something, okay? But our pain, our emotions are terrible dictators, let them inform us. Let them indicate for us what's going wrong, but don't give them full control to make decisions on how to move forward, okay? So number one, emotions and feelings can change quickly. So emotions are great indicators, but they're not, not good dictators, okay? Number two, managing emotions is a sign of maturity. Managing emotions is a sign of maturity. I love in this passage we just read. It says, then we will no longer be infants, Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there. Infants. The sign of infancy, the sign of immaturity is being blown around back and forth. Sometimes I have conversations with, with my children. I've had conversations with adults. And I've told them a sign of maturity, okay? A sign of maturity is being able to manage your emotions. A sign of maturity is being able to manage your emotions. So number two, managing your emotions is a sign of maturity. Here's what happens. Un unfortunately, unmanaged emotions become self-sabotaging bullies. Uh, unmanaged emotions, your, your unmanaged emotions, my unmanaged emotions become self-sabotaging bullies. Okay. We are going to succumb to our feelings. We're going to succumb to our emotions. And we're going to allow them to, they're changing rapidly all over the place. We're going to allow them to move past indicating. But now they're dictating and they're telling me where I need to go. I need to be tossed to the left and to the right. Uh, and in that, that unmanaged emotion, that immaturity, my inability to manage my emotions, self there's a self-sabotage that happens because here's what ends up taking place. It's scientifically proven that an unmanaged emotional state will create what science, what, what doctors will call disease. 
dis-ease, a lack of ease. Here are the byproducts of that. You will see that you'll have increased headaches, unmanaged emotions, headaches, insomnia, uh, eating disorders, abdominal pains. You may actually experience straightforward disease. You might have digestive issues. I have been through this. One of the reasons why I am so positive about, about managing your emotions is this is one of the biggest things I had to learn in my life. I had to learn how to manage my emotions. I still have to try really hard to manage my emotions. And in my life, I can tell you firsthand, my unmanaged emotions, it was a self-sabotage. I was, I was trying to protect myself. I was trying to do whatever I felt was right. But in trying to do whatever my feelings were telling me to do, my, my feelings, I th I'm thinking, were, were there to protect me and there to, to dictate and determine where I was going. But they were taking me down the wrong path. And it made me sick. Unmanaged emotions become self-sabotaging bullies. Do not let your... Okay, listen to me. If you don't hear anything that I have to say tonight, do not let your emotions bully you. You have control over your emotions. One of the fruit of the Spirit says is uh, self-control. There's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, love, joy, uh, long-suffering, self-control. Your ability to manage your emotions, okay? Number three. So number one was emotions and feelings can change quickly. Number two, managing emotions is a sign of maturity. Number three, be, this is, this is really key. Be honest with yourself by speaking truth to your emotions in love. Be honest to yourself by speaking truth to your emotions in love. I love this in this, in this Ephesians passage I just read. It said, instead of getting blown around left to right like infants do, it says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become. Speak truth to your emotions and you will grow to become what? Mature. We'll, we'll be mature, and it says that we will become the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. That we will find maturity. One of, the, one of the best things that we can do, be honest with your emotions. So if you're feeling angry, speak to that anger. If you're feeling denial, speak to the denial. If you're feeling like, gosh, I'm in this bargaining state, speak to the bargaining. Speak the depression. Acknowledge it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't become avoidant. Don't hide it. Don't hide from it. Take it head on and say, I see you. I'm going to address you. I'm going to call you for who you are. Don't vilify the feelings. They're not your enemy. This is key. They're not your enemy. Okay? They're not in rebellion against you. Your response might look like rebellion, but your emotions are not in rebellion against you. Speak to them and speak to them and be honest with them in love. And in part, show yourself in speaking to those emotions, show yourself the love and in showing yourself the love that Jesus Christ has shown you. He, Jesus Christ spoke to your life directly. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to reconcile all these things. I'm going to speak directly to you. He didn't hide from you. He came directly to you. He came directly to me. So 
Be honest with yourself and speaking to your emotions. So being honest with your feelings, here's some warnings. Being honest with your feelings does not mean giving license to your feelings to drive your actions, okay? Being honest with your feelings does not mean you give license to your feelings to drive your emotions. Uh, here's, here's a huge thing. If you're a parent, uh, be honest with your children about their emotions. If you're a friend, be honest with your friends about their emotions. If you're a coworker, be honest with your coworkers about their emotions. Be willing to acknowledge. Be willing to say, I see that you're fill in the blank. You, you're feeling depressed. If they're talking to you, embrace that. Acknowledge that. Don't try to fix them. And you, what you want to do is you want to speak to them and you want to be honest in truth and in love. And you want to love them. But what you don't want to do is give license to the emotions to drive actions. So it, it, as an analogy, uh, I want to speak to my children. I'm going to be honest with them in love, but I'm not going to give them license. I'm not going to hand them the keys to the car to drive the car. We could be in the vehicle having a conversation. We could be, we could be having a real honest dialogue. We could be debating something but I'm not going to give them license. I'm not going to give them the keys to the car to drive the car. I'm driving the car. So be really careful in being honest with your feelings or other people's feelings. It doesn't mean giving license to those feelings to be able to drive and kind of back to our second point to dictate what's going on. Uh, the key to this whole passage for me is that we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Who is the center? Who is the head? Who is the centerpiece of this entire process that we're going to walk through? Who is the centerpiece that we get to anchor ourselves to? Who is the centerpiece? Who's the steering wheel? Who's the, center, who's the centerpiece that we, the hub of our lives? It's Jesus, okay? So Jesus is our truth center that we can be anchored to. I cannot anchor myself to my feelings. If my feelings and my emotions are going to change minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, let's say in this grief process or even in outside of a process of grief, let's just say because of our emotions, we're human, it's totally okay, but here's what I'm saying. That was a horrible thing to anchor your future to is your feelings and your emotions. It's a horrible way for me to dictate how I'm moving forward with my feelings and emotions. I need to anchor myself to something that is much larger and that's much more constant. In fact, scripture says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What that tells me is, is that is the hub. That's the anchor that I want to anchor to. Colossians 1.15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Verse 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ is the center of all of creation. That's what this is saying right here, okay? He is the center of everything. He is before, verse 17, check this out. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. 
and he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Here's the deal. Jesus Christ, if God made Jesus Christ the center point, then you and I can. You and I can make Jesus the center point. The picture that I got before I walked in here tonight, I'm going to get to some questions if you guys have some. I saw a few of them uh, maybe roll through here. Um, the picture that I had was the hub of a wheel and the spokes being going out from that hub and the spokes going out. And if we make our emotions the hub, uh, we're going to have difficulty making progress. If our emotions are constantly changing and they're not solid, we are not going to maintain a true balance in our wheel. And you're going to be trying to ride down the road with that wobbly wheel. How many of you, like, I grew up ghetto bikes, man. Like, I, you know, we didn't have a lot of money so I, I feel like my, my back wheel was always kind of wobbly. And so you're like riding down the road. You kind of had this wobble. Did you guys have, did you guys have that wobble? Like I did that, the back wheel was like, whoa, whoa. had that wobble going, right? And, and my bike was not going to go as fast. It kind of rubbed on the brake, you know, it just like, you know, kind of would rub as I went down. It was actually slowing me down every time that wheel went around. And sometimes our emotions, if we center our lives and make our emotions the hub, every time it's like we keep coming around to the same thing. Some of you have been coming around the mountain to the same exact sticking points, like that wheel that's not true. Because, because, because everything in your life, everything in my life, if I choose to, because everything in your life is anchored to your emotions, you've made your emotions the hub, and it can't hold everything solid the way that it needs to. And so every time that wheel comes around, and it's like it, it's rubbing against the brake pads, and it's slowing you down, and you're not making the progress that you need to make. Some of you might actually be stopped dead in the water. Like your, your wheel, your, your, your back wheel on your bike is completely shot because emotions have managed you and you haven't managed your emotions. And I felt like tonight, I wanted to present a question to you, is when you, when you are faced with an emotion, this is what I want you to ask. How is this feeling or emotion? How, how, okay, so how is this? How is this helping? How is my response? How is this feeling and my response to it? How is it helping me? Or how is it hindering me? How is my response to this emotion or feeling helping me? Or how is it hindering me from making progress? I'm going to say that again. Acknowledge it. You don't have to push the emotions and the feelings away. They're, they're real feelings. But you have to ask yourself, how is my response to these emotions and feelings helping me or hindering me? from making progress because you could have a positive response or you could have a negative response to the same emotion. Both of us could be feeling anger. You could have a positive response to that anger that is helping you make progress. I could have a negative response to that anger and it's going to hinder me from making progress. So the question is, how can this feeling, how, how, how is my response to this feeling helping me or hindering me. 
One of the questions I want to I want to get to this really quick. Um, it says, "How do you guys acknowledge uh, your kids' sadness about this?" Um, that came from Instagram. Uh, so one of the things that I realized probably week two, I think week three, maybe. Uh, my wife and I, uh, one of my children, I won't say which one, uh, just to be fair to them. One of my children, uh, I'll say it was a girl, okay? So uh, one of my daughters, she just started super bummed, and she just was sad. She was feeling the separation, feeling the separation from friends and feeling the separation socially and all that. And, you know, how do I acknowledge that? I acknowledge it. I don't hide it. I sat down with her and I had a conversation with her and I told her, hey, this is hard. What are you feeling? She told me what she was feeling. Hey, this is really tough. I know it's tough. I validate. Her feelings are 100% real. Her feelings are accurate, actually. She was feeling sad. Hey, I know, and, and, you know, and I don't, I, 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 this is something that uh, un, kind of unrelated, but I try to not motivate. Uh, I heard a great leader uh, named Craig Rochelle say this, uh, don't try to motivate through crisis, but lead. So with our kids or with other individuals, motivating them all the time, trying to motivate them, it's okay, we're almost there, kind of cheerlead, rah-rah. That doesn't, that doesn't actually help emotionally sometimes because it feels like you're not listening to me. L l like, it'd be like my daughter saying, look at me, dad, I'm, I am experiencing real pain and sadness and you are cheerleading that this is gonna be over and it's gonna be great, but it's not great for me right now. So we don't wanna motivate through crisis and through, and through what's going on, through tough times, we want to lead. And leading looks like uh, a lot of times it's having empathy to get down and get on one of my children's level or to meet somebody in their emotion and deal with it, um, but take it head on. I, ho I hope that made sense. I, I hope that made sense. Um, if you don't anchor yourself to emotion... Um, let's see here. That was more of a statement. Um, what are some ways to validate our feelings but center ourselves with love? Here, I'm going to kind of go back to what I just said. Validate your feelings. I, I think it's okay to just be aware and acknowledge. So there's, there's three words I'm going to bring up right now, okay? Be aware, acknowledge, and engage. Now, let me break this down really quickly. When it comes to our emotions, be aware of them. If your emotion was a person in a room, what I would say to you is when you walk into that room, I want you to be aware of the emotion. Be aware of the emotion right now that's in your heart. Be, be aware, okay? Okay, I'm feeling this, okay? But awareness isn't everything. You gotta move past awareness. You need to acknowledge it. Acknowledging it is when I walk into the room and I see somebody, I see that emotion, in the room, and I'm aware that the emotion is in the room, I don't just ignore the emotion, although I'm aware of it, I acknowledge it, and I say hi to the emotion. If, I hope this is, I hope you're following this. So I'm gonna speak to the emotion. Uh, fear, I see you. Anger, I see you. 
I w- I'm aware of you, but I'm acknowledging you. I want you to know that I'm aware of you. Acknowledgement is like, I'm aware of you, but I want you to know that I'm aware, so I'm speaking your name. Fear, I see you. And then I want you to engage with it. And engaging with it, this is really the hard part. I think this is the part that takes potentially some other people around you might, might help with this, is engaging with, let's say it's fear. Engaging with fear is, I'm aware of fear in the room. I, I acknowledge it, fear, I see you. And now I'm going to engage you, and I'm going to start speaking to fear. Now, okay, I've acknowledged you, fear. So I spoke to you and acknowledging you, but now I'm going to engage you and say, fear, I want you to understand something. You have a place to, to uh, inform me. You're an indicator for me, but you're not going to dictate my response. You do not have the power. If I don't allow you, you do not have the power to manage me. I manage you. I'm, I, and so you're validating the fear in your life. You're validating the sadness in your life. You're validating whatever's going on in your life. But by engaging with it, you're taking the upper hand by, to manage it. And this is what I mean. If you don't engage it, it will engage you. And if you don't engage it and take the upper hand in managing that emotion, it will engage you and it will manage you. If you don't take control, it will take control of you. And this to me is, there's no gray area. I feel like we have to have, and it's the fruit of the spirit, right? We have to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long suffering, self-control. We have to have all those things. Why? That is what the spirit of God has given us through Jesus Christ. It's what he's given us to engage our emotions, to engage these things. And for us to say, we're the first to engage and we're taking control. And if I choose to sit back and not engage those things, if I choose to say, I'm aware of you, but I'm not going to acknowledge you or engage you, they will come at you like raging bullies, and they will take control of the situation. Everyone knows what happens to a bully. When you stand up to the bully and you manage it, the bully understands that you have strength, and there's this interesting dynamic of submission. And I feel, I feel like tonight, that's something, that's something for somebody. As I'm saying this right now, that's something for somebody right now that needs to hear this. You have been literally strung around. I feel like the Lord right now, as clear as day, is showing me this. Like you have been strung around by your emotions. You've been bullied by your emotions. And, and you've been afraid to engage with your emotions. And maybe you've been told or you've been made to think that your emotions are, are against you and they're villains and they've been vilified and emotions and feelings, you know, as Christians, they're not, we're supposed to not be emotional and all this other stuff. But the truth is you were made with those emotions, but you were also made and equipped with the weaponry to manage those emotions. And I'm giving you full charge. You've been given authority in the name of Jesus Christ to manage those emotions. But you take charge. You take charge of those things. Give me a thumbs up or give me an amen if that, if that makes sense. I hope that's making sense uh, to you guys. Let me see. Um, I'm just checking. Checking Instagram. Okay. I had a few questions that came via text. Um, is anxiety considered emotion? How do you deal? How do you deal? Um, 
hey, Jake, can you help me out with this? Okay, how do you deal with anxiety or panic attack when you don't feel like you have control over your mind or body? So is anxiety considered emotion? Yes, I, I think it actually is, personally. I, okay, full disclosure, I've dealt with massive, massive, massive anxiety, deep, deep depression, um, borderline for sure, thoughts of suicide, panic attacks that were paralyzing, uh, numbing. I've, I've, I felt like I've seen the worst of it. Um, I will tell you um, in this question, how do you deal with these things when you don't feel like you have control over your mind or your body? I think this is just, just for me, and, I, and th this is a huge question. This is a massive question. Thank you, Jake. This is a massive question that I don't think this is going to serve the entirety of the question in my answer. But I think it goes back to when I learned that I've been given the weaponry to not be strung around by my emotions. Here's the deal. Uh, this, you know what the core of my anxiety was? Fear of man. Fear of man. The core of my, my anxiety was fear of man. What does that mean? That means there were things that were happening to me that I felt like were out of control. The situations, I had no control in the situations. I had no voice into the situation. I felt like the enemy had taken my voice from me when I was a small child, and I felt like I had no voice in my life. And I felt like I was rolling through life, being tossed to and fro, just like the scripture we just read. And I end up in a situation where I felt like I was being taken advantage of, and I was dealing with massive anxiety because I had too much fear of man. So what that meant was I couldn't go and actually manage relationships in a healthy manner. When somebody did something that kind of stepped on my toes, I wouldn't actually confront it or deal with it in a healthy manner. I would deal with it in a negative way, most of which was self-absorption. And I ended up taking all that in and it created dis-ease in me. And I got super sick. I was dealing with panic attacks. And at the end of the day, what was I not doing? I wasn't willing to step in and say, I am aware of what I'm feeling. I'm going to acknowledge what's happening, fear of man, and I'm going to engage with it and, and be able to look at somebody. And it's not the person. It's not the person. It's not. Here's the deal. It's not COVID-19. Let me just, I'm going to talk about an elephant in the room here. Our anxiety, our panic, all these things going on that you might be feeling, that I might be feeling, are not COVID-19. COVID-19 is revealing the fractures that were already there in our emotions. Let me say that again. COVID-19 is merely revealing the fractures that were already there. If you're in a relationship and you're struggling and you're like, man, my husband, my wife, blah, 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 blah. And it's just because of COVID-19, man, we're in the house together too much. It's just it's too, it's too much going on. I would tell you, no, you've been struggling in your marriage probably for some time. In COVID-19, you cannot tell me that you had a perfect marriage and five, six weeks later, your marriage is in the garbage. How did a perfect marriage get ruined in six weeks? And by the way, a virus didn't ruin your marriage. Our inability to manage our emotions, someone was hurt, 
Someone didn't speak about the hurt. Someone didn't acknowledge it. Someone didn't engage the other person. Someone didn't take like, hey, can we have, here's a, can we have a disagreement and still love each other? 60 plus percent of the things that a husband and wife are ever going to talk about, they're going to disagree on. So we cannot predicate joy and success in our relationships on agreement. We're going to disagree. But if we don't know how to manage our emotions and be able to deal with everything going on, we will end up full of anxiety and we will end up having panic attacks. Okay, this is my experience. I have walked through this, family. My wife, if she was sitting here right now, she would slap me across my head and shout amen to tell you that what I, what I am saying is 100% true. I mean, there is no question in my mind. So uh, if this is you, if you're dealing with this stuff, I, I would love to talk to you offline about it. I would love to go deeper into it. Huge topic in my opinion, but I do not think we cannot blame uh, a job loss. We can't blame a virus. We can't, we cannot, we have to stop blaming other things and we need to manage. We need to manage our emotions. Um, great question. I hope, I hope that helped. Um, and then we had a question from YouTube. How can we avoid anchoring ourselves to emotions? How can we avoid anchoring ourselves to emotions? Make a conscious decision. When you are dealing with an emotion, it's going to sound like a broken record, but when you are dealing with an emotion and you're aware of it, I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to engage it. When you engage it, you tell the emotion, emotion, fear, whatever's going on. I understand. What are you telling me? And speak to it. I, I am not bound to you as my leader. What I would tell you also is that if your anchor is Jesus Christ, then get some good scripture under your belt that you can, you can speak to because because your, your emotions are speaking to you. So you need Jesus as your anchor, anchor to speak to you so that you can begin speaking to your emotions in a positive way. And sometimes in my weakness, I need, I'm going to make this plain, I need my wife or I need someone that's close to me. When I'm weak and I'm feeling that burden of my emotions to come in and help give me language for what I'm feeling, and then I have the strength because I, they've helped give me language for something that I'm feeling, and now I can speak to something real clearly. And it allows me to anchor myself. Um, so I, I hope... I hope that helps. I don't know. I'm talking to a camera. That's what's so bizarre about all this. So I feel like I'm here and all of you guys are there. And I pray that somehow this is making sense. Amen. Everyone give a huge amen across all the platforms. Um, hey, we're going, to, we're going to jump off of this if we don't have any other questions or anything. It looks like we're good. Great questions, by the way. And I do not think this is a small topic. I just want to be fair. I do not think this is a small topic. I think this is a massive topic. Um, do me a favor. Could you please, 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 for me and for our production team, could you do me a favor? Could you guys go, if you haven't already, uh, 
couple practical things. Go to YouTube. Go to our YouTube page. Could you subscribe to that YouTube page? And could you, if you watch any videos there, make sure to like uh, those things just so we can get the message of Jesus Christ out in a broader sense. Uh, YouTube, I'm not going to hide it. They love when people subscribe and like videos. Here's the deal. Um, this is the most important thing. I would love for you guys to message us. Tell us what are the things that right now that you guys are dealing with? Uh, what has you in a hot mess right now? Like, what are the strains? What are the struggles? Give me an idea. What I'm looking for is I'm looking for some really good anchor points for me to be able to walk in and go, oh, here's some really some some difficult things people are dealing with. Or here's some here's some really positive things that people are doing. And uh, and maybe if someone's willing, we could have someone jump on a Zoom call with me or something like that. I think would be really cool. So, hey, let me pray for you guys. And then we're going to jump out of here. Um, and we're going to call it a night. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you're our center, that you're our hub, that you're our anchor. God, that you've given us the ability to anchor ourselves to something that is unchanging in you. That you've given us emotions and you've given us our feelings for a purpose and a reason. And they're great indicators, but they're terrible dictators. And God, that we would be able to just uh, absorb and, and, and just an awareness and an acknowledgement and an engagement. We would manage our emotions and we would not let our emotions manage us. And I just speak right now to the um, individuals who are really struggling with this, who are feeling really beat up right now and bullied by their emotions. God, that they have the strength. I just want you to know right now, you have the strength. You have the wherewithal. Um, if you need help, you can always reach out. You can always reach out. Um, and we would love to be able to help you. But if you're feeling beat up and bullied, I just, right now, I'm just praying the Spirit of God would just pour over your heart right now, pour over your mind right now, uh, and give you the insight that you need. Engage your emotions. If you need to walk through that with somebody, um, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no weakness and you shouldn't be shy about doing that to walk through that with somebody. Uh, you may need the counsel. You may need the support. I know that I did in my life. And so God, we just bless every single person. We thank you. God, I thank you for our family. I thank you for all the support that we've gotten and that we can be a support to others. In Jesus mighty name. Everyone said amen. Amen. You guys, we look forward to seeing you guys next Wednesday night for Wednesday Night Live. It will be the first week of May. And of course, and always, join us this Sunday, 9 o'clock, or I'm sorry, 8 o'clock, 9.30, 11.15, across all of our platforms. And I look forward to seeing all of you guys. As always, uh, we're going to have a great time. Shine on.
Thank you.